Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Get ready, carbon-based units, as we embark on our ongoing mission to boldly go where we've gone before. But this time on the big screen, we talk about the movie that saved the franchise. It's Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, on Normies Like Us. Khan! The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I'm laughing at the superior intellect. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. You heard it up top. We are back on a desolate, desert wasteland planet. We have been marooned here, waiting for you listeners to come back with us on our glorious journey through the stars as we take that big, big trek. That's right, we're talking Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, on Normies Like Us, with your hosts, um, I don't know, Lieutenant Colin. This would be uh, Mikey Alpha 5. <laughs> um, J- Joe Locke. <laughs> <Nice>. Joe Locke? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You transform into a T-Rex? Yeah, dude. Just keep going for You're it. in space. It's all good. Uh, and this is Cobb. Cobb, Noonie, and Singh. That's right. Oh, because what are we talking this week? It's the Wrath of Cobb. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. We're talking Star Wrath Trek of Cobb. Two, yeah. the, the movie that probably saved the entire Star Trek franchise and certainly the movie, uh, the original series cast movies, uh, which they you know kept making four more of after this one so uh yeah excited to talk about it as of date of time uh star date current uh 13 total films in the star trek film franchise right and so we're only at our second stop and uh, if uh common knowledge is anything to believe it's maybe all downhill from here but we'll find mm. out i'm excited though part two of our 13 maybe 14 by this is done part series we're back our, our real five-year mission mike we are well into yeah. the way normies <laughs> where we're doing these films and our little long-form series here uh we've been talking a lot of star trek go back and listen to a lot of episodes we have recently been talking a lot about our history with these franchises this one ties into a very specific OTS original series uh, episode. I know we talked a little bit about our watching of the original series, but have you guys seen the episode that is the prequel to this, Space Seed? Uh, so, go ahead, Jacob. This is your this yeah. Is your mission. Um, no, I, I I did watch that uh, before watching this movie just to get you know the background of Khan and everything. Uh, yeah, I had only seen Space Seed. After seeing this movie. So I watched this, you know, I watched all the Trek movies. I was more of a TNG guy, watched Wrath of Khan and then watched TOS after that. So I, this is the first time I've actively, I watched Space Seed, you know, again, and then I watched Khan for it for this episode. So that's a new experience. I, uh, I've been loving Strange New Worlds so much that I went back and gave the TOS another shot because, you know, I've said before, like, I just didn't watch it at all. Uh, I watched the pilot. Maybe that was a mistake. I didn't try it again until we were preparing for this episode. And I was like, I'll watch Space Seed first. Uh, it took three tries and I never made it to the end. So, oh, no. you know, <laughs> I, I saw the man in his prime uh, before seeing him in his, his wrath. When you, when nice, you watch nice. the pilot, you watch The Cage, which is the, the one featuring yes. Captain Kirk or Captain Pike. 
Yeah, which, you know, you can just, like, throw that in the garbage, but uh, <laughs> I yeah, did. I watched watch The Menagerie, which reuses all that footage. But uh, with Space Seed, I don't think it's super necessary to watch. All it really gives you is the background of who Khan is. It's, it's the MSG. It just kind of enhances everything. You don't yeah. need it. You know, if you're averse to it, but it, it helps the flavor, I think. If right. You and that. even Ricardo Montalban, you know, when, when he came back to do this role, he s- said that he kind of forgot what that character was all about because he had played his you know, <laughs> Fantasy Island character for so long. So he actually watched, went back and rewatched Spacey, like he said, three or four times just to get into that character mm. again. Nice. This is our TJ Hooker uh, Fantasy Island crossover uh, <laughs> yeah. episode. Colin, how about you, though? You watched, Pretty you watched much Space Seed? Like- um, I said before that my dad's interest in the original series was if he saw what he would call a good one, he would pull us to kind of come and see it. I had seen Space Seed before, and I'm pretty sure it was him going like, and this is the guy, like, this is the guy. But even bigger to me is the um, Naked Gun films, which again was a thing my father and I would watch mm. endlessly. Ricardo Montalban, the villain in that first movie, and it's just something I've never been able to get over. Hmm. Got it. I mean, he does have a legendary performance here, and I've always had um, a hot take for this. I've always thought Khan was overrated, having only seen it once a long time ago. Wow. I think it's fine, but now well, let's see where I stand after having Space Seed, a second viewing. You know, it'll be interesting. But I did always think, yeah, kind of overrated. I'll, I'll mm. tell you why as we get into wow. it. Wow. Interesting. I, I this was, was my first viewing it. of uh, Khan. Never seen That's it That's amazing. Jacob, your first as I, well. Am I wrong? I watched it for the first time after we did our last uh, Trek episode in, in the motion picture. So I watched it a month ago, mm. and then I just rewatched it uh, earlier today. So I watched it two times since the, since we did the motion picture record, uh, and those are my first two times watching it, yes. Wow. But I wanted to okay, be fresh Colin, on it. you've seen it a lot, then. You've probably seen it the most, Colin, out of all of us. I've only seen I, it twice. I then. can kind of quote this movie a lot. I've pretty much watched it since I was 10 years old. I love this movie a lot. We'll get into it. But the the big, mm. just the, let's just say the rhino in the room or whatever, before we even get going, is the bodacious bosom on top of our oh, lead yeah. here, which is, of course, much written about of, is that a prosthesis? Is that fake? Mm. Is that real? Um for your guys' first-time viewings, did you know about that question, and what is your opinion on the chest? <laughs> I did, but, you know, I looked into it, and uh, even the director, Nicholas Meyer, said, like, oh, no, it was real. And, uh, you know, Ricardo Montalban, he's just a very muscular man uh, in his 60s, you know. You ever see Vince McMahon? You know, that stuff's all real, too. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know, man. I didn't. You guys are really focused on the chest. I was not aware there was a legacy <laughs> of the chest. There's just a rumor that he wore uh, a prosthetic chest because he goes, you know, he's kind of bare chested with his, his kind of costume. Mm-hmm. And there, because he looks so good at, at, you know, 62 or whatever, how old he that, was, uh, people said, thought it was a prosthetic, but it was his real chest. Yeah. The biceps yeah, well, are just, there. If they weren't there, yeah. I would think it was fake. But he looks right. I'm just glad to see that, you know, 15 years after the original series, like, yeah, we could objectify some Montalban for you, you know. <laughs> we were doing that in the <laughs> oh, 60s. It goes two hair. ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I got to draw everybody. But, um, yeah, real chest. There you go. Don't skip push-up day. No. I guess he's got nothing to do in SETI Alpha 5, just sitting there working out. I mean, literally, what Basically, else is he going to do? Yeah. Like prison. Um Anyway, speaking of prison, let's break out of this and let's move to the proper episode. Let's go get off SETI Alpha 5 into the episode proper. Let's talk Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. 
Khan. back we're talking con the wrath of con here star trek 2 on normies like us uh and it's kind of a journey getting to this point because we watched the last film which i would say none of us were impressed by <laughs> Mm-mm. i did not merge with it <laughs> necessarily no. um i didn't really love it but jacob what's kind of the state of trek i guess right now after we did the motion picture but in the timeline of Trek, yeah. let's say we're back in the 80s or, you know, where are we at? Right. So, you know, uh, motion picture comes out. It's a, you know, box office disappointment, uh, especially with what its budget was, uh, which so, um, you know, motion picture had a budget of $46 million. Uh, mm-hmm. Khan, when they eventually did it, had a budget of $11 million. So way lower budget, which is interesting. Uh, but like basically... 25%? <laughs> yeah. Almost, yeah, yeah. More like, yeah, 75%, right? 46 to 11. 25% um, of it, 75% yes, yes. taken away, um, correct, yeah. Right, math. Uh, logical, logical So basically, adapted. you know, Gene Roddenberry was very, uh, had a lot of creative control over the first movie. After that, uh, kind of bombed. Uh, they kind of said, you know what, why don't you take a step back? Uh, we'll give you a, you know, a kind of honorary title as, uh, I don't even know what this title was, like, you know, creative Executive producer. consultant. Or Pulls up yeah, at the end of this film. Consult, a you go. will never see again in your life. <laughs> but they mm. really told him to take a step back. And actually, they gave him the option to still have some creative input. But he, his kind of ego was so much that he was like, no, if I don't have full creative control, I don't even want to really be involved. So, like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they sort of let, uh, you know, producer Harv Bennett and uh, director Nicholas Meyer kind of take over. And, uh, you know, I think. It, it was a good decision because uh, they really kind of went back to the roots of what, you know, the ori- what made the original series great with Wrath of Khan and obviously is a success uh, financially and it saved the franchise. So, yeah, and it's still considered the best Star Trek movie by a lot of people, right? Yeah, um, it is interesting comparing it to the original um, because it feels like this movie, especially the beginning, is just ignoring it. Like, this could have been the first Star Trek movie <laughs> yeah. where it's like, you get Kirk returning, but in a different state right, of they mind. Even reuse, it's like that first movie, you just throw it away. Yeah, yeah, they reuse certain scenes, like even him doing the flyby of the ship, right, to, to enter the ship. Right. Like, they do a shortened version of that, which the original should have been shortened, you know, instead of six minutes long of a slow, yeah. you know, shuttle moving towards a ship. It's like maybe, you know, 30, 45 seconds. Uh, so, obviously, yeah. this movie... It's just a much better movie. It's better paced, better um, crafted as a three-act movie instead of uh, what the motion picture felt like, which was kind of like an extended episode and not like a very good episode of the original series, right? Which is weird because this is literally a sequel to an episode. But yeah, uh, so when they were so uh, a couple different like screenwriters worked on this with various kind of ideas and stuff, but basically they went back and were like, "What can we use from the original series and like bring back?" and they went in, they saw Space Seed, and they're like, Khan, we'll bring Khan back and, uh, you know, make him into this iconic villain, uh, which, you know, he wasn't really that iconic in the original series, I don't think. Like, it was an okay episode, but no. it wasn't like a standout to me. But again, mm-hmm. we're not the biggest original series fans, but in your journey of this, Jacob, Nicholas Meyer, writer-director of this film, 
had never seen an episode of Star Trek before. So like you said, he's flipping through those early four or five episodes and he goes, you want a villain for your movie? This is like the only asshole who ever stands up to Kirk. I'm on episode five here. Let's put this guy in the movie. Right. He stands up and lives, you know. He's already a known name, you know, obviously with Fantasy Island and stuff. Like, bringing him back was just a genius kind of idea. And they think, well, you know, Kirk is the kind of guy who would never, like, check on the progress that they've made on this planet that he just strands them on. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and He makes a unilateral decision. Yeah. And so it kind of fits into his his character that, of course, you know, Khan would want revenge on this guy who just stranded him on this planet, you know, forever. So I think yeah, it's a great yeah. idea to kind of base this movie on that. And it kind of gets back to the naval aspect of Star Trek. Of like these are this like ships in space, basically. Yeah. Even in TOS, it's not as stated. Like here, they really do take it naval with the uniforms and everything. Yeah. Joe, what's your kind of first impressions of, of Wrath of Khan on this viewing? Uh it, it took me two times, man. Uh, it took me three times to try to watch Space Speed. Never got through it. it took me two Which times. Is a short episode. To watch uh, The Wrath of Khan. Really? I'm not that impressed, I guess, is my hottest wow. take. I think it was fine. Like, I, I don't know. It's Like you said, it's a better paced movie. It's a little shorter than uh, the first one. But it does just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like it's finally maybe treading into some of the gray area that TNG like dives into it where to me like that's what Star Trek is. It starts to take form. But uh, yeah, like ultimately it's just two different guys having conversations over view screens for most of this movie. Like I, I don't I don't know. That's, yeah. That was my impression the first time I watched it. And you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I thought like the end encounter, it's like a little slow. Like, I'm the guy who hated Bullet in film school, so whatever, wow. that's me. Um, but I, I just was always frustrated that Kirk and Khan never end up in the same room. Right. But in hindsight, having watched the entire original series and then seeing this, it's like, for me, it's really fascinating because it's kind of like confronting all those things we talked about with Kirk of like, oh, he's a womanizer and he never has any consequences. And it's like, all of the consequences are now here all at once, mm. you know, and like, that's, what's interesting is if you're familiar with the characters, it feels uh, pretty satisfying that way. So I did find myself enjoying that more this time. True. It feels like someone else pays the consequences though, right? Like it's other Spock people's life's stuff. work that goes, you know, demolished. It's Spock who makes the ultimate sacrifice. Like it's just well, like, he even has that scene where, uh, to me. yeah, I mean, Kirk even mm. acknowledges that where he's talking to Khan and he's like, you're like a you know a marksman who keeps missing his target. Like you're trying to kill me, but it's just everyone else ending up dead. So he he realizes that obsession. Um, I'll, I'll just give you my first impressions. I love this movie. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I watched it again today, second time in in a month. You know, and uh, it holds up. You know, I I was had it on in the background, but I was like at certain points I just had to watch certain scenes, and you know, I I thought it was great. Colin, does it hold up for you? Then? Well, any scene with Paul Winfield. Having still it, been watching it your whole life. Yeah. Uh, Captain Terrell, anytime he pops up. Yes, I would say so. This mm-hmm. is Mike. When we were doing my beloved Karate Kid episode, where you were just kind mm-hmm. of laying out to us why you love Karate Kid so much. Um, and saying, it's a little rocky. <laughs> we were having this conversation about perfect screenplays, films having meaning. Mm. This is a film that has meaning. Um Karate Kid, it's all about balance. You know, that's the moral of the entire screenplay. Every character across that film, it's about balance, right? Mm -hmm. This is a film about life Mm -hmm. and death. 
and it's it hits on every avenue of that. You have a weapon called Genesis that creates life. You have Kirk mm-hmm. grappling with aging. You have this desolate, dead planet that people are rising up from with rebirth. However, they cannot mm. find this, you know, path of redemption, rejuvenation. Instead, obsession with death causes them to fall while life rises up. I I just think this is one of the best screenplays ever made. I know that sounds so dumb uh, that literally it can just be really good because they'll like pan over to like a copy of um, you know Moby Dick that he has, like Khan has in his like little hubble or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, that's the movie. You're doing, you're laying down these groundworks of every little breadcrumb is just adding to this incredible piece. And uh, right. I fucking love it, guys. And you have okay, Kirk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk kind of grappling with his age and his mortality. Getting older. Right? And everyone's like, so the physical glass. That was the plot of the last well, one. Like, to a certain on. degree, but it's that done one better here. So just ignore, at it. Yeah, yeah. ignore the first movie. <laughs> Pretend this was the first movie in the series, and it's great. Yeah. And, you know, Most people do when they watch okay, him. Okay. Right. Okay. He's an admiral now. Everyone's telling him, oh, you should have took the promotion. Like, you were born to be a captain, right? And then they do the same thing with Picard. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you speak. <laughs> yeah, but that came after. So that, I mean, that's Picard copying. They're Kirk, copying right? it. Right, right. But we yep. know those shows are bad. Uh, no, I agree with you, Colin. Like it's a very, it's a really good screenplay and it's really tight. There's no wasted scenes. Like every scene kind of reinforces the themes in the movies and there's no wasted material. At least that's my opinion. I think if you put, compare this script to V'ger, yeah, light years, <laughs> pu- yeah, pun intended, screw it, uh, in, you know, uh, ahead of it. And what it does best is the character work to me and the, the chess match between Kirk and Khan. It is a lot better than I thought. Yeah. First blush. Like, it's pretty clever. The, For example, yeah, well, everyone knows the, the Khan yell, the, the infamous meme yell, Khan, right? And then it echoes over the planet. Like, not a lot of people realize, and I didn't realize till this time, like, that's the gamesmanship. He's not upset. He's already talked to Spock and said, hey, right. say two days instead of two hours. Right. It's like a lie. He's, it's a lie, and I never realized that, that, you know, and it really adds a layer to this whole thing. Yeah. So it is a tight script in that way, and I can give it credit well, and, for and, that. And you can say, you know, they never meet in person, which you could say that's a criticism, but at the same time, it's like it's two ship's captains battle of wits kind of thing so if you have two captains of two different ships of course they're not going to be in the same room it's Moby Dick um, yeah Moby right. Dick obviously huge influence with uh, Khan quoting Moby Dick several times uh, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite parts is when they're in the Genesis cave and uh, you know Kirk is talking to Savick about the Kobayashi Maru and then he does the flip where you realize oh he's been conning Khan this whole time right and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah I think it's great can I say, it really made me think, in our last episode, I didn't bring up this point, but I loved what Captain Pike says in Strange New Worlds of, I'll be honest with you, I'm a human, to be a human means every one of us thinks we're not going to die. And just to hear that as an audience member, I was like, wow, I think I really do like this captain a lot, I'm really relating to him. But again, mm-hmm. he is taking that Kirk energy of the only thing that it is acceptable to cheat at in life is to cheat death. He truly believes. He says, mm-hmm. Jacob, in this, you quoted earlier, I don't believe in the no-win scenario. Right. And how did he beat the Kobayashi Maru? He changed the well, parameters, right. right? 
You can Number say it's cheating in real life. This is a yeah. Kirk. Movie. It is cheating. He never had a consequence of a no-win scenario until Spock. No. Like, it's a growing moment, yeah. you know? He shouldn't have cheated. He was not prepared for that, and that's what it takes. Right, you know? it's hubris. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, even the cheating the Maru, he never... Anyway, Joe, we're gushing. Well, anything I'm, I'm not for saying you, anything it's you want to bad. Point out that's like, not landing. I thought it was yeah. fine, but ultimately, like, I've heard this regarded as one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made, right? It's oh, it's yeah. Demolition Man, which is, you know, a great movie, yeah. but like it's I've seen like this type of archetype before. I've seen it in Star Trek episodes before. Maybe this is the blueprint. Maybe I'm being a uh, like a little harsh on it. I just it don't cornerstone, like, yeah. Well, again, if you the say... performances really blow my mind. Mm. Here's a hot take. I don't really like vibe with ninety percent of the cast. That's I just crazy. don't I just don't. Yeah. You could say, oh, I've seen this in like TNG before, but again, this came out before TNG. So yeah. that's like yeah. watching Citizen Kane and say like, oh, I've seen these shots in other movies before, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, right. sure. but the performance what I'm saying about, is like, this doesn't you know, feel like Citizen Kane to me. This feel mm-hmm. like, it just doesn't feel as it's special like as I've heard it referenced before. Like, it feels no. fine. But it just doesn't feel like it get it deserves the praise it's getting. And I feel like if the first one wasn't hot trash, the second one wouldn't be as well regarded. I would put this on par with like Empire Strikes mm. Back as like iconic sci-fi movies, right? Yeah. You're allowed to make that call, but I hear what Joe's saying too. It does have this kind of mythic status. And even the second time, I'm not sure if it's mythic. I think it's better than I gave it credit for. And there's a lot that I can enjoy in it, but I don't know if I put it at mythic tier either. Although I I did enjoy it a lot more. Joe, you say you don't like any of the performances. What about, I didn't say I didn't like any of the performances, but like, I don't like, they just don't send me over the top. The death scene I was expecting to like really hit. And it really fell flat for me. Like I'll be honest. Maybe it's because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, we also know he's not dead. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess knowing that, like, the next movie is literally called The Search for Spock is like, oh, yeah. this is so unearned. Can I, well, speaking s- of that, oh, yeah, go ahead. Just to set that up a little, I think we're heading yeah. the same way, Jacob. You guys have to understand, Leonard Nimoy did not want to do this anymore. Right. He truly, by this point, mm-hmm. had written a book called I Am Not Spock, and he will eventually write a book called oh, I Am Spock. I Am Spock. And that's yeah. because of mm-hmm. this movie, because he no, had... He, uh, such a good time. Yeah, he basically pulled a Harrison Ford. He didn't want to come back. They said, if you come back, we'll give you this like great dramatic death scene. And he's like, okay, I'll come back. And then he enjoyed... Which is funny. Yeah. He, because technically, Harrison Ford pulled a Nimoy. Mm, you know, that's yeah. true. Well, but guys, but I would argue, <laughs> can you imagine if... He directs the next movie that we're going to That's what I'm saying. He about. enjoyed doing this one so much he's like okay now i want you to bring me back and i'm gonna direct the next two can you imagine if after (laughs) force awakens harrison ford was like i heard those solo directors dropped out what if i direct solo and it's called the search for solo (laughs) like it's like that is the level of what's happening here yeah right right very very much that would probably make a better solo movie honestly i'd be interested to see that but you're telling me all the cons like lackeys hold up for you the Chippendale like dancers, you, absolutely. Yeah. That the they don't pull you out of the movie like immediately. Here's a here's a fun fact for you, Joe. So there's a episode of TNG called 
Symbiosis, I think it's about. You might, you might, uh, uh, you might have seen it. It's like there's two planets, and one planet has like the other, the population of the other planet under their control because they're like all addicted to this drug that they provide them, but they tell yeah. it's medicine. Mm-hmm. That so, Kirk's son in this movie is in that movie, and the the, the right hand man of Khan is the is like the rich planet guy. So those both oh. those actors are in yeah. that okay in that episode in TNG. Wow. Kirk's son funny. is like the drug addicted guy yeah right interesting okay yeah yeah and they say it's medicine it's um, like there's you know, a cu- there's really only w- there's a couple moments yeah, of like the chess game where i'm like okay like i get i get what they're doing here but like on the whole like i don't i i didn't think like he- shatner pulled his weight in you know the nimoy hmm. death situation uh scene and i didn't think like Khan landed like maybe 40% of the time for me. The other time it wow. was just like, this just feels like a bad, like Lex Luthor. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Can't believe well, it. here's, here's what gets me Joe. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll bandwagon now. Let me talk about what I don't like to. Um, I think Khan is good. It's very poetic and almost Shakespearean what, what he's doing. Shatner is a little weak. He was the most human. human. Like, <laughs> he's not, He's not he's crazy good, up. but um, that's how they are. In, that's how they are in the, the original series. So that's fine. But for me, the biggest thing, and it's a budgetary thing, like that last fight and stuff and the way the chess match plays out, it is slow. And the end battle is not exciting. It's just slow and awkward to me. And the effects don't look as good. Mm-hmm. They, they use the dry dock footage from the first movie, which looks incredible. Yeah. But then they shot the new footage with different crew and stuff and it's just it doesn't hold up as certainly good. there's better um, uh, it, it looks cheaper there's one yeah, i mean it's 11 it's million like, versus 46 million you know they're stalling for time right to like enter the code so that the shields will go down so they can get like one little pop shot off ryan 52 why I'm is that scene down. like 20 minutes long that's a that's a five minute scene like it just feels so like it's a 30 seconds were longer back in the day I, the tension is just like gone by the time the payoff gets there. Like I like I I don't know. Again, I disagree. Like, I think it was Which is why Mullet has a bad car chase. It's not as fast as people imagine it being. It's kind of slow. I Are you guys, guys just like this? Not I like Bullet. I'm not on team bad bullet. <laughs> I don't understand either of these. Okay. okay. Let's Are stop you guys not used to how strange William Shatner's delivery is? Oh, I'm used, I'm to, used it. to it. And, I just, and I'm not saying it's good. I have to it's disagree good bad. It exists. with your Shatner opinions, especially because people say Shatner's not a great mm. actor. I disagree. I think he is a good actor. He kills and, it in this movie. Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay. In his He's style. doing the same thing that the, the character growth is the same as the other movie. And I understand the other movie is bad, but like that one doesn't it's exist. the same it's, actor doing again, the same character growth three years later. It's not – you're saying character growth. There's not even really an arc or anything. Truly, it's – he stays at this stagnant top level of him kind of doubting himself with getting older. But really, he's maintained the position of Admiral and stuff. It's truly the end of the film where his entire arc stands of he does understand, like we said, the, the weight of losing something. And I don't cry or get no upset when he loses his best friend or his best friend says, you know, um, you forever will and shall be my best friend. I get upset when Shatner gets upset. When he looks like he's kind of like having trouble dealing with it, I'm like, oh, this fucking sucks. I've been there, dude. That's where he gets me. And that's yeah. why I think it is effective. I do think it's a different arc. In the first movie, he's just like, I'm back on the ship. I'm in charge. Like, I have, you know, big ego. He's a little bit different. Here he's here, the teacher. At least to a degree. 
I mean, yeah, sure, it's yeah. like better then, written, but it's the same sort of like, I'm at the next point of my career, but I wish I was still exploring the skies. And Bones is giving him the same speech that Bones gave him in the last movie, 30 Jim. minutes into it's this just movie. It's just better yeah, just done better. here. And even in the beginning, when they go into his like apartment, and uh, you you're see all the like, like something relics on my that he shelf. has, yeah, yeah like you're going to be it's part of this collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so but good. it's the same. It's, so it's just better. Like, I don't I know. Also think the Sam other... did it. Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. So like, maybe I'm being too harsh on it. Mm. I just don't understand the like the cult like falling. This is it. It doesn't get any better. Like, I don't know. I used to like to jump you know, a, like, pregnancy amount of movies forward from where we are right now. I thought uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, it was like, oh, they're treading on con water. That's sacrilegious. You can't do that. Watching, like, have the limited knowledge I have that now, calling back to this, I'm like, eh, I don't see it was a, a bad homage. Like, that movie is I don't know about on, that. like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think <laughs> it's, like, holier than now anymore. I've watched that recently. <laughs> the problem the problem with Into Darkness is that it's just a totally different character who they, at one point, just says, oh, my name's Khan, but it doesn't have any value. John Harrison. Because if you didn't know who Khan was before, it doesn't mean anything to you. And it's not the same character And there's, like, a pre-established relationship from Space Seed. In yeah. the Abrams verse, it's just, it's just some we'll, guy we'll that shows up in four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> That's my I think name. the other yeah. thing. But the other I'm saying, I, I don't it's think the it's last like, time we'll see him. I, I don't. Just, I don't have it in yeah, an untouchable just, list anymore. I guess oh, that's fair. But I think yeah, yeah, yeah. the other thing that's better about this I movie, touch it, is uh, the character of Savick, right? Played by Kirstie Alley. You kind of have so in the last movie, you had all the you know uh, Ilya, the, Ilya, and Ilya. Decker and all that. But in this, you have Savick, who's a younger Vulcan character who can kind of. Uh, bounce off of Spock and Kirk talking about the Kobayashi Maru mm-hmm. and uh, she was originally oh the regulations captain yeah yeah and she was actually originally I guess supposed to be half Romulan half Vulcan that's why she's like a little more emotional at times like during the Kobayashi Maru Ooh. she says like damn you know like that's not something a Vulcan would normally do but a Romulan might you know um, mm-hmm. so I think that would have been a bit more interesting direction where she's kind of half Vulcan half Romulan, so she has the emotional side, she has the logical side, but I like what they did with her character. Um, how did you guys feel about Savick, Lieutenant Savick? She, she, she has more substance than Ilya or Deckard, I guess. Um, I think she's good, she's fine, and she helps with those things, like Kirk does have a hubris, or, or I guess Spock, when she's like, oh, shouldn't we, like, scan the, uh... Yeah, and then Spock's scan like... Scan the ship? Kirk knows the regulations. Spock's like, that, that's Kirk. He knows what he's yeah. doing, and it's like, well, technically, if you would have scanned or put up your shields, he wouldn't have gotten Right, and then right after so, that, you know, Kirk's like, go on, you know, quoting those regulations, because I was wrong. Uh, yeah. I love it. It's a way mm-hmm. better stand-in so, yeah, right. for the audience character. And I love but- the angle of the trainings mm-hmm. like it starts out as a training mission right and i like that because that gives them that's why you know these older why are they back on the ship while they're training the new generation that's gonna pilot the enterprise hopefully in the last they film, kill spock at the beginning so you think oh it was just in the training right. thing he's not really gonna die that was a rumor oh like in the, back in the day i heard that is like a, oh it's just a big joke all 80s know? movies will go on to pull that gimmick of all the main characters dying in the first scene and then going like gotcha but um in that first film we see the continued adventures of the Enterprise. It's just Kirk who's detached. The rest of the crew is still there, going about their lives. They have aged out in this relic. In this one, we see the Enterprise itself has been traded off to be a, a training uh, uh, plane or whatever. You know, it's not even in use anymore. This is how upended everybody's lives are at this point in time. 
Nimoy just teaches how to fly in the Enterprise and then goes like, oh, I don't know, all right, come on, let's go over this way now. Yeah, and everybody else is just instructors, you know? Like, Uhura's just a teacher, you know? And they're just like, yeah, that's what we do now. It's 15 years later, you know, whatever. And that, But we've got one guy out there who's still doing missions. And, of course, Pavel Chekhov, who's <laughs> got to be hanging out with his captain, Captain Tyrell. They're working on the Genesis mission by scouting out dead planets mm-hmm. or whatever. And let's get in, because this is sort of our setup for the whole film. They're scouting what they believe to be the barren wasteland of SETI Alpha 6, but no, no, my friends. This is Seti Alpha 5. The Botany Bay. Uh, are you familiar with the... Botany, the, the, Mike, the way he says this. Botany Bay. Botany Bay. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> we got to get out of here. I love it. He's like, we got to get the fuck out. He just turns, starts you, running away. Are you familiar with the, the Chekhov, let's say, conundrum with this film? Uh, I was unaware I am, of it. I would love to hear you. Oh, yes, now. yes. So, uh, Joe and all the uninitiated listening at home, the problem is... Chekhov wasn't on the original series until the second season. Space Seed is a season one episode, so Chekhov technically never met Khan unless because Khan's like. So when Khan says, "I, never a face. I recognize you," <laughs> like, yeah. you I don't know, room? but like, you, where were you? I never forget the face. They did kind of explain that because they said, "Well, Chekhov could have been on the ship, but we just didn't see him at that yeah, time." Yeah. And so he was working, you know, in a different deck or whatever. Well, do you know, yeah. and they did kind of has prove said, it by saying, well, prove me wrong. Yeah, say, have, say he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. They have adapted all the earlier episodes into novels, and the Space Seed novel says that Pavel Chekhov is part of the night crew of the Enterprise. Oh, so when everyone is asleep, he is assuming on so the bridge. He just got promoted to the day there. crew. Okay, I appreciate two. that they fixed that. Um, and here's here's my yeah. novel. And that there's upward momentum and start a star star fleet. Yeah, it's really nice. To there's a little upward they momentum promotion with that. Promotion. Not for Harry Kim, though. It's, no, no. He does nothing <laughs> exemplary ever, though. You think he dies four or five times, though. Poor guy. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do that. But um, That's why uh, he keeps starting over rank. That's right. You, you're, you're back to Ensign. It's a new life. It's like Dark Souls. Get used to it, Harry. But uh, yeah, so so they get, they find out that um, we're on the Botany Bay. Oh, we got to get out of here. And then that's when Khan shows up. He's like, what are you doing here? And then, you know, Kirk's trying to pick him up. This is Admiral Kirk. Khan's eyes light up. Oh, that son of a bitch. I'm going to go get him. And then that's kind of the crux of the whole movie. He knows he's alive and he wants a big revenge. But Mike, I would say even further than that, let's, let's really dig into what is the crux of this movie. Mm-hmm. A man comes up. All you see is a slit of a visor. Yeah. Yeah. Takes off one incredible robotic glove, undoes his shawl, takes off this helmet and a drag queen steps out in front of you with glorious it's, white hair, makeup, it's Thunderdome, huge Tina Turner. breasts. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's essentially Tina Turner from uh, Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah. But all this to say, immediately we get into this description from, from Chekhov of, this is a man from the eugenics wars, a genetically modified monster. Mm-hmm. He, you know, we did this stuff, blah, blah, blah. The way Khan turns away, he is hearing this list of achievements mm-hmm. of this guy. He almost conquered Earth. He almost did this. And what we know is out of the 70 people from the USS Botany Bay or the SS Botany Bay mm-hmm. that was left on SETI Alpha 6, 50 of them are still alive. 
Maybe. Mm-hmm. It has been 15 years in a wasteland when the uh, planet beside them blew up and shifted their atmosphere, became desolate. That was six Obviously, months Obviously, Kirk in. didn't mean for this. But we, we have this man who was essentially a king of Earth drop down to his lowest form. Mm-hmm. So he is hearing this person he considers inferior list off all of his achievements, what to fear of this man. What do you fear of this man? He's the, the king of a dirt pile. And all he hears is the man who used to be his number one enemy, who caused him this misfortune, Captain Kirk, is now Admiral Kirk. Mm. Just there, the writing. I mean, mm. the performance that Montlebon gives as Admiral. he turns to the camera, he's very often not facing the people he's talking to because mm-hmm. he just looks down the camera and gives you the craziest expressions possible as he is processing all this information. And then you get some more incredible subtle writing. We, Of course he's a genetic monster. We, we heard Chekhov say this. Mm-hmm. But boy... They sure are wearing some mysterious suits that seem to have handles at the front. I love that they built that chest handle. Fucking <laughs> picks him up by the handle, lifts him to the sky. We are getting demonstrations now of how deadly this man is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just, from that point on, I just don't understand how you guys can say anything about this movie is bad. Because it is firing yeah, on so many soldiers that I'm just like, excellent, this is genius. Let's just keep this moving. Oh, you're going to introduce... Sandworms that control people's brains? Let's Great. do it. Yeah. I love it. Anytime Khan's on screen, I'm like, I love it. You know, he's he's monologuing. Yeah. You know, he tasks me. He tasks me and I shall have him. You know, it's great. He has the one glove on Jacob for some reason. So he's I noticed that today. He took one glove off at the beginning. Time. It's awesome. Yeah, and then he just <laughs> stays good. like that the entire time. Yeah, yeah. It looks great. Um, I, I think monologuing is the best thing about this movie and the other thing is you have to give him credit because he was never acting against Shatner it was just like one of (laughs) the script assistants or something you know so like he's Mike his words are script girl because obviously that's a very dated term but he said I gave all of my dialogue to the script girl and when Mm. Nicholas Myers saw Space Seed and he goes well this is the guy writes the entire movie they get the green light they get going nobody asked Montlebon if he was available to be in this movie. Right, and he goes right. like, no, I'm shooting Fantasy Island. It's the most popular television show on the planet. And they're all like, you are? Could you be in our movie? And he goes, okay, I we'll figure so. it out. Yeah. And by yeah. the grace of him, makes this movie occur. Yeah. Yeah, James Duhon, who played Scotty, said, uh, oh, you know, Montlebon should have been, should have won an Oscar for this performance. Um, I don't know if you should have won an Oscar. I think you should have been nominated at least, you know, best supporting actor. Why mm-hmm. not? Absolutely. I would, I would, I would go that far, even with my yeah. lukewarm opinion of the work as a whole. I, if you went back in the day and kind of rectified, you know, genre films, getting their flowers in terms of awards, we, we could do episodes and right, episodes right. of them, you know, Leslie That's Nielsen, best true. actor, naked gun. I've said it a million times. Mm. Yeah. But you know, I mean, if Heath Ledger can win for Joker, and we have multiple Joker actors have been nominated for Oscars, why not? This this is the Joker to Kirk's Batman. <laughs> yeah, to be and this is the most iconic villain. Gallery. I mean, the Gorn is Killer no. Croc, obviously, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> the iconic. This is I, I only, Khan is it, the Vader of Trek, right? I, and uh, I don't know who Robin is. Spock, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. It's but anyway, this, this also reminds me of uh, the, he, Deep Space yeah. Nine. There's a uh, uh, not to get into 
space nine too much, but uh, Cisco has this adversary who is a former uh, like security officer who starts working for the Maquis. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in a couple of episodes. There's like a two parter with him. And it's, it reminds me a lot of the con Kirk thing because he's like quoting mm-hmm. Les Miserables and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's very literary. And uh, you know, and, uh, we, yeah. we cons quoting, you know, Milton in the space seat episode and stuff. So, you know, yeah. Big literature More vibes. and uh, data, you know. I like oh, that. Yeah. that Big is good. literature stuff. Now, Jacob, question for you. So Nicholas Meyer's sort of world in the Star Trek universe is that he kind of has just taken over ownership of Khan, right? Mm. And you kind of see Star Trek embrace it. There's a lot of people who kind of hint at the name Nunan Singh, or there's a lot of talk about the eugenics wars, obviously, yes. in uh, Deep Space Nine. We know Dr. Bashir. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I don't know if you know the answer for this. He gets Nicholas Meyer gets one consultant credit on an episode of Discovery. Is that because mm. it has to do with Khan in some way? One it episode? could be. I mean, we know in Strange New Worlds, obviously, there's this Laan Nunian who's who's an ancestor of of Khan's. Mm-hmm. Maybe daughter um, so is what be. I'm predicting right here. Or granddaughter. Like I don't know the time. Oh yeah, it could be because Eugenics Wars is in 1994, right? So. Yeah, I think they established in the last episode that she's like a she's like a hundred years ancestor of, of him oh, okay. because like Genghis he's Khan's been frozen for a hundred right? years. Yeah, but uh, I will give you a fun fact about the name Noonien, Right, mm-hmm. we see this name Noonien a lot because we have Noonien Soon, the creator of Data in TNG. Yeah, why does Roddenberry keep that? using Noonien? Well, I'll tell you why. Because apparently Gene Roddenberry had a friend who was named something Noonien. Hmm. That he had back in the day, and he lost contact with this person, and was like trying to find this person. So we named Khan Khan Noonien Singh in hopes that that person would just see that episode and like contact Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. And then he did the same thing like twenty years later when he made TNG. He's like, I'll call Data's creator Noonien Soon. He's right. not related to Khan Noonien Singh in any I way. He just for wondered sure that meant he was. <laughs> right, right. No, no just he's like, just been trying to find this guy named Noonien for 30 years. So <laughs> I always thought that was a guy I thought he was cool once as a contact yeah. member. Where are he's you? He's using that name. Uh, Craigslist wasn't a thing. Yeah. That's yeah. very funny. Um, is there any... Because um, Khan was said to be in Space Seed from India, correct? And the, the, I think so, yeah. The Ricardo Montalban Spanish. Yeah, but the woman even says like, "Oh, he's a um, like a warrior, like a Sikh or something, right?" Like she uses yeah, the term. Yeah, I think he's a Sikh. But then yeah, what I'm thinking so. is, and you know, casting was weird back in the day. Let's be clear, you know, Genghis Khan was, uh, you know, I can't think of his John name, Wayne. John Wayne. But if you think about the future, twenty three, whatever, we're kind of a globalist society now. So kind of anybody could grow up and live for like you could have you could be a fourth generation person living in India who's named, right. you have Spanish descendants. So I don't think there's an issue because it's the future, but right. I was just thinking about that practically, like in, in an in-world setting. It's like, yeah, he mm. could be like fifth generation. His family moved from Spain to India and he's just been chilling. Then he got eugenics, you know, that's where all the tech, who knows, you know? Yeah. But it kind of makes kinda sense. That's kind of what we've seen of the yeah. canon Star Trek present day of now. It's like this like utopia. right before the eugenic wars when things got really shitty, but then we changed and became a... Utopia, right? Yeah. Um, this is like right, right before that. Um, so that that could very well be possible. Can I ask but about that real quick? There is a yeah. line 
in this movie where uh, it becomes pretty clear that Genesis is going to be used for the wrong means. Uh, Carol Marcus is introduced. She's a doctor who's working on this program that basically creates matter out of no matter. That is the Genesis program, right? And her yes. son, can create David life Marcus, can destroy life. Mm-hmm. Her son, David Marcus, another doctor, Dr. Marcus, they both turn at one point, um, says when it seems like there's this ploy that maybe Admiral Kirk has uh, commissioned Genesis to be used as a weapon, he says, I knew it. Scientists are always the pawns of the military. And his, mm-hmm. his mom says, Carol Marcus says, I can't believe you would say that. Starfleet has kept humanity and the world safe for 100 years. I won't buy into what you just said. To which mm. I go like, wait, what is that now? What, what did you just say? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, Colin, because a big, uh, you know, catching point for Roddenberry was that he felt they were making uh, Starfleet too militaristic. And like in his vision, like they're like, that's why like the uniform changes are more kind of military in this with the coats and everything. So he the There's didn't like the more badges, Yeah. Yeah. But he wanted it. So like if you look in the motion picture and even in the original series, it, they're less kind of military based than even this movie. His thing so is more he, like the Google campus in space. Yeah. <laughs> then like this other gray jumpsuits. But yeah. I understand you know. the entire principle of Starfleet and first contact. When a society develops warp engines, first contact occurs. You're asked if you want to come into this whole thing. But the mm. way that she's sort of setting it up and saying it there is, have we globally as a society, it, like humanity achieves nothing anymore. We truly are just the cog of Starfleet now. I mean, it could be like all that technology goes to Starfleet. Um, I, I know yeah. Bones was expressing reservations about Genesis on his own too, where he's like, "Well, this falls into the wrong hands." You know, it's like he even he's like, "God, maybe did not it in Starfleet." Six days. You yeah. want to do right, it? In but six if you look minutes. at the the life creating, uh, you know, ability of it, like, does the good outweigh the bad? Like in the wrong hands, it can be used as like a mass murder weapon, but it could also be used to create life on an entire like nuclear planet, energy right? or a nuclear bomb, right? Rewrites um, DNA. Yeah. And that was like a last minute change too. Like there was going to be a super weapon that Khan wanted. And then somebody in the writer's room uh, was like, what if it's like a terraforming thing? Let's and tie this right. all together. And it's interesting because that's more you know, Khan's right hand man. Yeah. Khan's right hand man is like constantly telling him, forget about Kirk. We've got the Genesis project. Let's fucking terraform SETI Alpha 5. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And so he could have chosen to just leave and do that. But he was so consumed by vengeance that he's like, that no, is I the must power of Kirk. that first scene, though, Jacob. When you see how much it's building in Khan, you know the answer is he's never going to give up on any of this because it's like, we have all this stuff. We could get free. Oh, so you mean I could go kill Kirk? Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I wonder how he and knew Kirk even uses proverb. that against him. Right. They weren't around. Revenge is a best dirt dish, dirt best, dish, dish best served. Do you guys remember seeing Kill Bill, the first Kill Bill, where the mm-hmm. title card, the first opening shot is Revenge is a dish best served cold, colon, old Klingon proverb. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very good. This That's interesting because. Pop culture. Yeah, 100%. But was that not a quote? Was that not a saying before? Klingons existed. I, I had to or? look it up. 17th century France. It's accredited, but nobody can mm. find the origin of it. Because I, I thought it was Shakespeare, of course. Well, no, the Klingons right. time traveled to France, <laughs> so it's they're both true. Yeah. They just now, deleted Mike, the record. Yeah. That's know, why nobody knows the author. Yeah, Mike, do you know the original plot that got Gene Roddenberry fired from Star Trek II was he wanted to write a movie where Klingons travel back in time to stop the assassination of JFK? 
Wow, no, wow, right. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I did hear, though, that he also worked on the novelization of the first movie. And I guess in the book, Kirk has like a, a sex teacher. Yep. So, hell yeah. You're like, get this guy out of here. There you go. <laughs> You're in jail. Get out That's of like there. the craziest thing here. I've ever heard you say. And then Colin just goes, yep. it's interesting that they were like they got him out of the movies but then they still he still had so much creative control over tng and especially in the early season they promoted him you're back down to tv but we're promoting you Mm -hmm. well his name was valuable i guess more than the actual work anyway what do i know about that wrath of khan though oh man Wrath of khan great movie great movie good movie the special effects, I don't think, were holding up. And to, to me, it looks like it looks mm, like toys on the screen. Whereas in the first movie, they really took their time. But it's a budget. It's the budget. They literally couldn't. But do the do the, the effects work look any worse than Star Wars: The Original Series? The yeah, original, 100%. like before remasters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with my hundred percent. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, because maybe I, a little I, bit better. A friend of the show, Adam, you know was able to find the despecialized editions that the fans have done. And I've watched them in the last two or three years, a hundred percent. They're better than this. Okay. But again, to have your budget cut from 46 million for the first movie to 11 million. I mean, so if you put it in that perspective, like what they got on screen is pretty good for 11 million. Yeah. And we did get with the Genesis test, like when they show what the Genesis bomb will do, that's the first entirely CG shot ever (laughs) in cinema, like a computer generated shot. Quiz, but Sorry. that's okay. <laughs> I won't talk about it more. But uh, my one yes. last fun fact about the way the effects don't look right: they switched to ILM, and then they were shooting on blue screen. The original ship was painted very shiny, which meant they mm. had to make it much less shiny to do the blue screening because the blue would spill. And then, uh, so the original King was on a black background. So you know, it just mm. the technique is inferior, but it's faster and cheaper. So that's yeah. It's why it and like we worse. mentioned earlier, they did reuse certain assets. Even the uh, in the Kobayashi Maru, you see three Klingon battle cruisers. Those are reused from the, the opening, opening of shot, the motion yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah. And then so the, that's smart. the Genesis, uh, the space station, regular space station, is just the space station from the motion picture flipped upside down. Which you know that's going to so happen so with budget cuts, and it won't be the first or last time Star Trek has reused assets. They've done it on the TV show, no. and it's a fun little thing to bring up when we see it. But um, yeah, yeah, those, those original shots down, of the like ship, the uh, transporter, it's a new shot, mm-hmm. or horizontally. You know, we see that a lot too. But it just really highlights how great those dry dock shots were in the original movie. But nothing else about yes. it kind of was. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's give our final thoughts, and then for the last section here, I have a little. Trivia quiz for you. All right. So that should be fun for everyone. Let's get out. Uh, let's get off the Genesis planet and go to that uh, final thoughts and quiz section. Then I guess it's uh, we're, we are students after all, and this is a training simulation. So it's fitting that there will be a quiz. We'll catch you on the other side, recruits. Jacob sure. died in the first scene. Remember? Uh huh. <laughs> He's not coming back. Then Joe came I have in been backlit, and always like will be your friend, your teacher. <laughs> We're back. We're talking Rathacon. We've had some mixed feelings on it, but uh, I think we're kind of coming to the head here to agree that it's a Star Trek movie, and we're going to play some <laughs> games here, give our final thoughts 
I'm going to give my final thoughts up top real quick and say um, I love this movie. said mm-hmm. before, I love that it's about something. I love when movies are about something. That shouldn't be a hard thing to ask for, but it absolutely is. This is a movie about something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, God, boy, random thoughts. Paul Winfield is absolutely amazing. He's Captain Terrell. Uh, you maybe remember him from like Mars Attacks. He's got an incredible scene in Terminator. He died at like mm. fifty, like way too young. We would have had mm. a million more middle-aged movies because he just he had a yeah. look, right? I think with yeah. his casting, director Nicholas Meyer just really wanted to work with him, and he was not really a Star Trek fan or anything like that. But he was just like, let's get this guy, and he was happy to do it. So it worked out. Interestingly, Jacob, he comes back for a Star Trek episode that you guys mm. told me about because the alien character he portrays was such a what moment to me watching Lower Decks. You guys went, mm. oh, he's actually, that's an alien based on something. He plays the alien who only speaks in metaphors to, to a Picard. Oh, Dharma. Who heavily prosthetic. So, yeah, he, he was the original Dharma yeah. guy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Nice. Very wow. cool. Yeah, that's amazing. We watched that episode. That's a classic. Colin, you also watched the episode that I mentioned that had Kelsey Grammer in it. And yes. uh, the fun fact about that one is that they wanted to get Kirstie Alley to come back to re- reprise her character as Savick on uh, because Kelsey Grammer's ship was like from 100 years ago, right? Right. Uh, and obviously they were in Cheers together. So it would have been, would have been a that funny little thing. That blows my mind. That would have been uh, really yeah. fun. But she had scheduling space. I would like to see that. Yeah. Uh, my last thought is we we did not talk about this last episode. I want your mm-hmm. guys' opinion on Mike because it is as weird as the pecs and chest. Now, hmm. William Shatner, bald man, bald man, in hmm. the same way, hmm. this is a fact, listeners, that might blow your mind, in the same way that Sean Connery has never done a James Bond movie where he is not bald. Think about that. Every one hmm. of those is a wig. Hmm. Every Star Trek show is a wig for oh. James T. Kirk. I want you to understand that. Bald man. I didn't man. know that. <laughs> now, in the movies, he chooses a curly wig opposed to the straight wig that he used to have. What do you think about that? What do you think about Kirk with curly right. hair in these movies? Well, you know what I like about it in this movie? His son with Dr. Has Carol Marcus yes. has curly blonde <laughs> hair. So he has the yeah, blonde Jacob hair of his mom. Her blonde and the curly hair has <laughs> his yeah. curly hair. Curls. That's Perfect. right. They were like, well, we got to cast this guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a thing I for it. Great. He's not good with <laughs> that authority. That actor died of AIDS, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, bummer. But he's great. He does have a look that he could be the son of Kirk and Marcus with just the hair alone. Uh, he's good. I look more distinguished with the curls, I think. <laughs> he should have spoke yes, weird, Mike. with the curls. He <laughs> should have spoken weird, actually. The son should have I have, more, I have more Shatner uh, trivia as well, but uh, can't wait for the quiz. <laughs> Don't blow any of the Shatner fun facts before we get to the quiz portion of the That's show. Right. I'm, I'm yeah, out. I guess let me do my final thoughts then too. Yeah. I have no fun facts anymore. Um, on the second viewing with Space Seed, I do appreciate it more. I don't think, again, it's because of the budget. They kind of screwed them. Like it doesn't hold up infinitely, but I think the emotional content is there. And it's a good Sunday afternoon, lazy day kind of movie. You know, you just kick back and throw it on. It's for me, yeah. it's not incredibly thrilling, but it has enough themes and meat that it's just fun to kind of sit in. Um, and, Ma- and Ricardo Montalban goes crazy. And uh, I guess the line is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And then Kirk replies, nobody one. quotes it. Yes. Or the one. And the one. that's what Kirk is learning because all he's been about is himself his entire life. Right. And then. Again, everybody, like Joe said, made the sacrifice around him. It wasn't him. It was Spock. But 
he's seeing it demonstrated. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And now, now what do yeah. you do going forward, Kirk? So they kind of leave him in this vulnerable spot as a character. We'll see where it goes in the next movie. But, you know, mm. maybe it's the beginning of his change. And that's the issue. It takes a whole movie to get I, to the start. I want to comment Two. on what you just said, Mike, because it, it is important to say of, yes, the finale is not the most exciting. It literally comes down to, hey, flip these four toggles. If you know the license plate number of the Enterprise, we can drive it. And You're like, Khan what, can just what leave. is this? You don't have sucks. to stay to the deck. Right. You can just sit outside the yes. nebula and wait for them to emerge for 100 exactly. days. Who fucking Again, cares? Shat, uh, Kirk uses that against him by going into the nebula, which deactivates their shields. Is he hiding behind that rock? Yes, he probably his is. His actions <laughs> suggest two-dimensional thinking, Captain. So Yes, <laughs> yes. He does not that's realize the other that thing there's I wanted a, a Z-axis in space. Z-axis. Yeah, well, yes. can, yes. That's, a, that's another thing I wanted to mention. last line as they um, So you're talking about Khan's you know, ancestry as a Sikh. Uh, Nicholas Meyer talked about this, like the Sikhs are very into chess, right? So we imagine Khan was a big chess fan. Mm. Well, chess is a two- two-dimensional yeah. game but in star trek they have 3d chess right so kirk knows about 3d chess but khan doesn't know about it. so when he uses the z axis doesn't it's because know. khan has two-dimensional <laughs> thinking from playing chess. Wait a minute. i was playing 3d chess while you were playing chess yeah that's the meme <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> i thought you're just too committed to the moby dick metaphor he's like i can only yes. go horizontal no vertical <laughs> but to right. pay off the script yes it's not exciting flipping the toggles but of course it's all building to that moment of the loss mm-hmm. of spock it is again life confronting death that's all i wanted to say yes yeah. yes yes that theme if you think about you know most star trek space battles are just mostly flipping toggles and um, yeah. saying fire phasers fire and that mr kind of Worf. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, i don't know why uh, you couldn't do it <laughs> for me i i love this movie i thought it was great I think it's super engrossing. I watched it again today and it was still engrossing to me and, you know, I just loved it. So, uh, everything you guys said, I agree hundred percent, except for the things that I don't agree on, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And you can decide what those are. Okay. Yeah. Um, But I'm a big fan of this movie, big fan of con and, uh, yeah. All right, Joe, how about you before we get into this quiz? The final I, I thought it Kobayashi was... Maru. Kobayashi Maru is. <laughs> that's, that's way better than what we were calling <laughs> it. It's no winner. Um, I thought it was no one's fine. Winning. I think this movie is fine. I don't think um, it's the greatest sci-fi movie I've ever seen. I, I just don't... Uh, I don't get the hype, personally. I think maybe Star Trek is better as TV shows where you're confined to less than an hour to give me your morality tale. And uh, I don't know. We'll see where we go from here. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I'm not mad I watched it. But yeah. uh, I'll probably never go back to any of the TOS movies wow. after we're done with this series. Wow. Hmm. Well, if you didn't like this movie, you're probably not going to like some of the later movies even I less. would say there's one good one on the horizon and the rest I just really love anyways so. <laughs> I think there's maybe two that I'm looking say, forward to getting back to I mean, this one to kind of kicks off a trilogy oh, wait, it's yeah. like the nostalgia you know what I mean you get through generations yeah no. but spoiler those characters behave grossly <laughs> different than their TV counterparts but we'll get there when we get there Colin what were you, what were you saying this uh, the second film here, Rathacon. It's kind of a trilogy. These these next two movies kind of tie up because it, it we will see dangling threads continue. Yes, because again, Nimoy was like, you know what? I know you just killed me, but actually, 
I decided that I really like making these movies. Should um, I touch Bones's face for a second? They're like, what does it mean? And he's like, I don't know. Remember. <laughs> and they did change the ending remember. of this movie to make it sort of less ambiguous that he maybe wasn't dead because okay. I was basically during that. the filming, yeah, during the filming, Nimoy was like, maybe we don't like permanently kill me off. So they changed, they left it more open-ended for that specific reason. Hmm. Got um, it. But I say let's jump into the Quiz Kabayashi time. Maru. Um, I'm excited for this. Uh, so, so I wrote up some trivia. So how I want to do this, we could either do... So I'm going to read like a statement, and then you're going to guess if it's true or false. Mm. Uh, and then I'll provide the answer. But we could do it either the first person to like buzz in answers, or you all guess if you think it's true or false, and then I reveal, and the most person, the person who gets the most right wins. Hmm. So what do you, how do you want to do it? We could all guess, right? Yeah, yeah let's do that. Yeah, we don't have to come to a consensus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fine. Okay, so this is the Kabayashi Maru. Uh, and I'll the winner of this will be, will graduate and become captain of the Enterprise. We'll say. Wow. Wow. get to take the ship out once. <laughs> this is like, yeah. The SAT, take it out dry like, Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, when, I just love how uncomfortable <laughs> Kirk was coming out of yeah. dry dock. Yeah, do you need a tranquilizer? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Bones has the best quips, as always, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. So question one, statement one, I should say. Uh, Genesis transforming, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Genesis tra- terraforming dead planet is the first completely computer-generated sequence used in a future film. Uh, we covered this already. Sorry. Sorry. Skip that. that is true. True. Uh, Go ahead, say true. And for each of these, I have a little more context as well. So this is the brainchild of ex-Boeing engineer Lauren Carpenter, who joined ILM... Uh, Carpenter discovered that Mandelbrot fractals could be used to create realistic mountain landscapes for computer animation. Mandelbrots, I would aircraft. never have used those. And, and <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so Brilliant. Mandelbrots became a very big uh, thing in computer graphics. Uh, oh my God. There's a part two of this question. They got the Mandelbrots in there, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the, so the effects for the shot were produced by the people that would eventually become Pixar. True or false? True. Ooh, interesting. True. Yeah, I'll say true. True. That is true. So this was nice. produced by the graphics group of Lucasfilm, which later became the independent company known as Pixar. Wow. Nice. Fun fact. Wow. Yeah. So that's the first Pixar shot, basically. 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 <laughs> wow. Um, you got a friend in me. Wait, so the first Pixar shot was to me. infinity and Fucking beyond? Wally's watching wow, Sweet nice. Charity. Wally should be watching Wrath of Khan on fucking Dead Earth and be like giggling <laughs> along to it. Yeah. He wants a Genesis device. You yeah. know, there's nothing that can grow on that planet anyway. That would be very good cool. for that movie. <laughs> it would. And it would further the pop culture zeitgeist of Khan. It's 2-2, two, two, yeah. everybody. <laughs> 2. That's right. Wrath of so, Khan. <laughs> you all guessed true, so you're all one for one so far. Wow. Okay. Next statement. Uh, Kirstie Alley had never seen Star Trek when she was cast as Savick. True, true or false? Mm. I'm going to go says true. true. Mike says true. Now, I know she doesn't come back because of the Look Who's Talking series. Um, mm. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say she liked Star Trek. False. Whoa. Colin, you are correct. That was false. I'm going to be throwing some curveballs at you guys. You well. never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Man, uh, Colin takes the lead. Yes. No, in fact, Kirstie Alley was a big Star Trek fan as a kid, and so much so that she used to fantasize about being Spock's daughter, apparently. 
Uh, she and also so slept a, with her wow. Vulcan ears on at night while filming. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> so there you That's go. Amazing. And yeah, she's kind of under Spock's that. tutelage. That's like, yeah, her dream come true. Yeah. Well, once so, again, you can't be a Scientologist and not be aware of sci-fi <laughs> stuff. Oh, is she a Scientologist? Yes. Look who's that. talking. Hey. Her and John Travolta, both Scientologists <laughs> at the same Cursed time. Movie. Cursed movie. Well, I don't want to get too much into that, but have you seen uh, Strange New Worlds? We do have ghosts from space, so, you know. That's it right. Kinda, it works. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Ricardo Montalban wore a prosthetic chest piece. We covered this. Ah, that is false. <laughs> Not true. It's hearsay. <laughs> I can't believe all the all the Star Trek nerds would be like, "No, there's, he's too ripped." It's a prosthetic. Yeah, chest. Yeah, that buff. <laughs> too buff. There's no way yeah. a man could well, look yeah, like that. The fact that he's in his sixties. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't but know. it's not impossible. Well, you look at Gene Roddenberry at the time. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Or Vince Bill. McMahon is 75 years old. And like just a couple days ago. Yeah, I'm ago, sure he's never he, used steroids. He was sending uh, pictures of him squatting a thousand pounds to WWE wrestlers at like three in the morning. So, yeah. yeah I'm sure yeah. that's all I natural. 100% natural. No, no, not windsills. No, not substances used. Ah, I didn't say there were any hey, substances. Hey, gives a on. shit. He's not, he's not competing in the Olympics. I don't care if <laughs> no, people use steroids. Care. Your body, your choice. <laughs> Next yeah. statement. Uh, yes. This is the only film in the original ten, 10 film run, the motion picture to Nemesis, where a Klingon does not make a physical appearance. True or false? Hmm. I got to think about this one. The only time we don't. I'm going to say a physical appearance, you're saying. TNG is yes, covered I, by a person appearance. We saw the three ships at the beginning, uh, but a, a, an actual Klingon making a, like a physical appearance. I'm going to say that's not the only time. I'm saying false. It happens false? at least one more time. That's my guess. In that okay. run of 10. I'm going to say true. Joe says true. I will say true as well. Colin says true. It okay. is true. Uh, Everybody loves no. the Klingons. Uh, they do. Yeah, apparently that's true. I didn't go and check, you know, double check this, but I read it on the internet, so that means it's true. Oh, nice, dude. That's all it takes, dog. <laughs> now, that's this is a takes. spoiler for a month from now, but next next week's, I almost said, the next movie episode we'll be covering, The Search for Spock, does involve a Klingon villain. Joe, do you happen mm. to know the actor who plays that Klingon villain? Oh, I do, yes. No, not at all. <laughs> It is, is it Doc Brown old? himself, Christopher I was say, Lloyd. It's Doc Brown. Wow. Christopher Lloyd. Yep. That's crazy. So that'll, be not fun, at least. That. Yeah. that'll be fun. That's a cool yeah. one. It's got a lot of Jim Henson puppets, too. Hmm. Okay. I know in the Abrams verse, there's probably no Klingons, but that's not what the question asked. So. That's no, why I thought it was like, not in the original, or, you know, in the original 10 film run, not including those. Yeah. I was like, okay, then it's true. Yeah. They do go to Kronos. It's interesting because I didn't know they were in all the TNG movies. I guess Worf is. So Worf makes automatically sense. makes yeah. it true, yeah. <laughs> Shows right. up, yeah. But, uh, okay, so next statement. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Cattrall, actress Kim Cattrall, was the first choice to play Savick. True or false? False. True. true. Colin says false. Joe says I'll true. Say false. Mike says false. Also, I have not been keeping track of who's ahead. I am. So okay. I, got, <laughs> I got the Good points. Uh, that is True. That is true. Cattrall, obviously, as you'll find out in a couple months, went on went on to play Lieutenant Valeris in uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Originally, uh, she was actually going to play Savick, but she had uh, scheduling conflicts. And then they wanted her play, to play Savick again in The Undiscovered Country, but she didn't want to play the same character 
that was already recast, as you'll find out. But uh, mm-hmm. so they made the character Lieutenant Belairs for her. Everything you guys say about like further movies that we're going to encounter <laughs> later, like it just gets weirder and weirder to me. It sounds yep. insane to you. Well, One of these yeah. movies is called recycle? The Undiscovered Country. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds like like the tagline for like Wisconsin, as opposed to like the name. <laughs> well, you know, that's a Shakespeare movie, quote, Joe. The undiscovered country is death. Mm. And that's one of the better uh-huh. ones, according to most fans. That's and the best one. Yeah, which is also directed by Nicholas Meyer. So get ready for that. That's right. And, he comes back. And for Joe, it. another one of these movies you might be interested to know heavily features whales. So get ready for that. Uh, heck uh, yeah, dude! The animal whales. All the time. Um, uh, as we stand. <laughs> Five yes. to five for Colin and Joe. I have wow. three, and I'm mm. disappointed because I spent the whole day literally watching retrospectives about Khan to learn. Wow! <laughs> and I well, didn't you still learn have. Much. It took me two times to finish it once. <laughs> I've got three <laughs> yeah. more, so you still have a chance to come back. Okay. Uh, so next statement: Madeline Rue, who played Marla McGivers in the episode Space Seed, the woman that goes with Khan from oh, sure. mm-hmm. the Enterprise, his wife who they kind of write off as, as having died on said Alpha 5. Yes. Uh, Mar- uh, Madeline Rue turned down a request to reply her role as Marlon McGivers in the movie. True or false? Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. I'm going to say true on this. I'll say true. Colin says true. Mike says true. I'm going to say false. Joe? Joe says false. Joe is correct. Wow. Oh, Joe takes the lead. This is kind of a sad fact. Uh, she was originally oh, going wow. to reprise her role, but she suffered from multiple sclero- sclerosis and was confined to a oh. wheelchair. So she was written out of the movie. But she did appear on TV through 1996, despite her disability. So kind of, you know, bittersweet. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, I guess they didn't want to have her in the movie in a wheelchair. So that's kind of or just sitting them. down. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Yeah. You could, you could have shot around, or, or right. the, I don't know, write uh, it into death. Another reason Khan's pissed. Yeah, yeah. She's just a human. Yeah. Came anyway, with a side that's a less fun one. Yeah, that's not such a fun fact, but this one will be more one? fun. This one will be more okay. fun. Yeah, you weren't probably any tragic deaths or anything like that. Um, no. Not today, but at one point, uh, the original uh, title of this movie was going to be the return of Khan, but was changed due to its similarity to Return of the Jedi. True or false? False. False. The Return of the Jedi false. wasn't out yet. True, it was. But it was being and shot. In fact, it was being shot, and the original title they were also going to call it was Vengeance of Khan. Yes, actually. That's what Colin, I heard. That's why I said false. Yes, it was false, Colin. I tricked you. You uh, tricked me. <laughs> yes, that was my trick question. I said I was throwing curveballs. It wasn't originally called The Return of Khan. It was originally called The Vengeance of Khan, which was deemed too similar to Return of the Jedi's original name, Revenge of the Revenge Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi. So what was your answer one. to that? Oh, geez. Did you say true? So I got that one right. I did get that right. Yeah, okay. I just did you say true or so. false? Because it was false. I said false because Return of the Jedi wasn't out yet, which I don't think it wasn't that was out what he yet, thought. right? Didn't no, it come out in 82? It was shooting, though. It was sh- okay. Well, didn't it this come out? Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So YouTube. right now, Joe has seven. Colin has five. I have four. So that's a little tricky one. Vengeance of Colin. That was a tricky one. Revenge of the yeah. Jedi. Uh, got Colin because I knew Colin might know that. So I twisted Jedi does not take revenge <laughs> is what George thought. Mm. Uh, all right. So last question. What is the score now? 
I've already five for won. Colin, seven for Joe, and four for me. So this oh, one's wow, got to be worth so a bajillion space points. Timmy was right? already 10, locked yeah. it up. Yeah, we can this make it work. This is my victory lap, points. baby. You know? <laughs> uh, this, is, this is when Kirk can literally just say, na 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 boo boo and like, that's enough for God <laughs> to be like, oi, I oughta. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did this in the view screen. Uh, put his like, nose in his hand. I'm laughing so. at the superior intellect. <laughs> Come on, <I'm> <laughs> Joe's laughing at our superior intellect right now. I'm thinking right. two-dimensionally, and Joe, it's not great. the least fan of this movie, is running away with the quiz. But we can Crush make not. this one worth three points if you Con like. Con was the least fan <laughs> of Kirk. <laughs> but we can take it from him. He doesn't deserve I it. How dare you. I spit my last breath uh, at you, dude. <laughs> um, okay, me. last statement. Mm-hmm. William Shatner didn't want to play a middle-aged version of Kirk and believed that with proper makeup he could continue to play a younger Kirk. True or false? True. Uh, yeah, I guess it's true. true. I want to believe that so bad. Yeah, I would <laughs> yeah, say it's I don't true. Know. It is true. It is Producer true. Harv Bennett convinced Shatner that he could age gracefully like Spencer Tracy. Impossible. Incredible. I will not. They will bring me you kicking and screaming. William Shatner... With makeup to make him look younger in, in the 80s. That would have been amazing. Well, so the final score is six for Colin, eight for Joe, and ten for me because I changed the conditions of the test. <laughs> and I oh own the laser Mike, disc, so I gave myself five points. <laughs> Mike hacked the test. <laughs> you beat the, the Kobayashi the Maru. on top of it, yeah. I don't believe well, you're going to win Joe is the winner. Joe is the winner. <laughs> Well, congratulations to you all for the Kabayashi Maru. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe next month we'll continue this uh, quiz and we'll do that for return of the the, the search for Spock. Oh, yeah. Does that mean Joe gets to take us out of dry dock? uh, You signed yourself up for a quiz at the end of every one of these movies. Now, I'm definitely going to. It's got a name. I'm happy to do it. Need a graphic (laughs) package. Yeah. All right, we'll work on it for sure. But yeah, congratulations, Joe. That means you get to take us out of dry dock. <laughs> do the end spiel. Uh, yeah, so you know you're gonna want to follow us on YouTube, all of our socials. It's uh, at normies underscore like underscore us. Go ahead and make sure you're watching all those videos. Let us know if you're a fan of Khan. Uh, if you're ready to search for Spock, all that jazz. I don't do it. As, I don't oh, yeah. do it as well as as Colin. But I, that was awesome. let's know if you think Joe's opinions are. There's a first time for everything, yeah. Admiral. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. Well, thanks everyone Admiral. for joining us. Admiral, man, his eyes light up. Yeah, that's that's all good <laughs> stuff with him. But thanks for coming along the journey. Um, yeah, Wrath of Khan, we did it. Next, uh, yeah. what's next? The next time we do a Star Trek movie. Mm. The next so time next we, we have do a. Uh, Leonard Nimoy stepping into the director's chair with Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. That's right. Well, that'll be the next time we do Star Trek. But next time you hear from us, I think we're going to be uh, uh, on another desert. Life hard sustaining planet, eh, you know, mm. scum and villainy, all that. So what we'll could see. That be? Who knows? Dune Tune in two. next week. Do, do, Just do, 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 Dune two. Yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> another sand planet. So yeah, we'll catch you the then. But Vader. that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're, we're gonna head. We're gonna head back to uh, Alpha Set of Five here. So we this have been is your Alpha oh, Set of Five. <laughs> Set Alpha. Yes, we're your hosts. This is, uh, I just want to be one of Cod's crew. I'm Colin, but I have like a jerry curl and like my shirt's open and I'm really oily. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. And this is Mikey Alpha 5. Uh, just just Con's left peck. Just the left one. That's me. You're just the glove. Yeah. Hey. That's it. And this is The Wrath of Cobb, the Kabayashi Maru. 
thanks normies for for listening wow. <laughs> bye <laughs> right. bye My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools. Genesis. I have a, I have a fun fact that I fucking forgot to mention on the show, which makes me so Ooh. mad. So there's a line in Star Trek 2008 or 2009. Can you please like tail in this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's from the original, you know, J.J. Abrams one. And Bones is like, can I talk to you real quick? And he pulls uh, Spock in the other room and he goes, are you out of your Vulcan mind? And I laughed so hard because I thought, wow, what a clever, dumb. That's so right. dumb that they that did like that. Every I'll give them credit for it. You know, no, nope. That was in this he movie. Say, that was in, in this movie. movie. It's the best. You green-blooded <laughs> hobgoblin is the thing he would say to him all the time. <laughs> yeah. You green-blooded hobgoblin. Yeah. Bones has all Which the best lines. Bones is the best can... character. <laughs> yeah, racist, down, but, so yeah. That's, this is just a little sting. Uh, Bones appreciation <laughs> post. Yay, right DeForest Kelly. There you go. Nice. Okay. Thanks, Bones. Now we can do it.